0: <sighs>
1: uh right, I have no idea what I'm gonna say during this episode, but that's okay. Uh, Color commentary. That's what I'm doing. You
0: have apps that use location?
2: Nope.
1: Hi, I'm Steve.
0: And I'm Zach, and this is Fireside Swift.
1: How's it going Zach
0: it's going pretty well I'm getting over some crud so hopefully I don't kill over tonight or end up with a coughing fit or something
1: you know that might have something to do with the fact that uh, you know you've been talking to somebody else recently haven't you
0: you think I got you think I got it from from Ben I, I mean think that you did it makes yeah. sense I'm not used to his exotic bacteria <laughs> yeah
1: i could see how that could infect over the uh the airwaves yeah yeah it's, i mean it's it's that accent man
0: it's that and i mean you know i do feel slightly more posh <coughs> and that that could also be part of it
1: <laughs> well you don't sound too bad although earlier you were coughing a little bit
0: so yeah i just want to apologize up front if i end up in a coughing fit tonight
1: all right well consider it a a (laughs) forgiven
0: i guess yes and how are you doing hopefully better than me
1: i'm good uh it's been a busy last few weeks um (laughs) hence the reason uh i wasn't on the last episode and we had a skipping episode as well (laughs) which is like oh i hate doing that um but yeah that some of the stuff came by surprise um yeah i uh we talked about, gosh, that's so long ago. I think in the last after show that I was on, we talked about my company getting acquired, um, and then I had to go to Comic Con to take care of uh, you know, a client that that we had, um, you know, had in the past.
0: Wait, are you saying Spider Man is your client?
1: Spider Man is absolutely my client. Don't tell. Wow. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Wait, do you know that? Do you know that Spider Man is Peter Parker? Do you know that? Shh you don't okay no Shh. okay we don't talk about that all right Shh.
2: yeah Shh. okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: so uh yeah so i went to comic-con it was great um seeing christina and irving uh that was that was awesome uh and uh that was on we put, uh i think irving posted on twitter the yes picture.
0: i was so jealous
1: yeah that was fun uh got to do that like midway through uh the event, so I was only mostly tired during that that time <laughs> <laughs> um but I went right from there to our new home office in Atlanta for a week and uh of course, when you meet new team members and you're trying to figure out okay so what's my role in all this you know there's meeting after meeting after meeting, and like it's, yeah it was it was crazy mm-hmm. so I got back and crashed. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no, this is the first time that I've actually really spoken to you in the past two weeks, which is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we have a lot to talk about. So uh, it probably won't be necessarily on this podcast because you and I just <laughs> <need> to, like <laughs> talk as friends. Um, that's kind of what we do here. Um, but you know, maybe. Most of it was not Swift related, so <laughs> not so beneficial to everybody <laughs> Most of else. It, yeah. Most of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's nice hearing your voice, buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad to have you back.
1: Thanks. It's good to be back. And, you know, thinking about crashing, yeah, we should probably talk about our sponsor today. Uh, so our sponsor today is uh, Sentry. Is Sentry is an open source framework that you can add to your code that will help you detect misbehaviors and crashes uh, that can occur in either your iOS apps, Android apps, or even web apps. Um, and the thing is, you know, crashes happen because we don't write perfect code. Right, Zach?
0: No, oh, we, we do not write perfect code. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Um, you know, even when I'm feeling well, I don't write perfect code, and you know, I I went to work today not feeling 100%, and so that was code I actually looked at more than I typically look at code when I when I put it out there because I know that you know my my head's a little stuffy. I'd taken some medicine, and uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that what I put out was good, but there's no guarantee that even if I spent more time with that code, that what I put out won't crash. And, uh, you know, having something like Sentry to back you up when crashes happen can really help you out because you'll get to know as soon as your app crashes in a user's hands, which means you get to start fixing it right away.
1: Absolutely. And that's key. That's key is, uh, just that knowledge that something's going wrong when the app isn't in front of you right now. Uh, now, Sentry is free to get started, easy to add to your apps right now, uh, but it also has a slew of awesome premium features as well. Uh, premium because they cost money. And uh, you know what's great about this is you can use our promo code, FiresideSwift, all one word, Swift, and that'll get you $100 off new accounts. That should get you a decent ways in before uh, you have to pay anything at all, which is pretty cool.
0: It is. And we'd like to thank Century again for supporting Fireside Swift.
1: And you actually did a pretty good job uh, <laughs> doing the ad read last week. I listened oh, to that.
0: Did you listen to all of the takes? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, oh, I did. Oh, man, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Oh man, that sh- that I that really probably should have been the uh the uh, opener last week. But, I was um, Yeah. I was kind to you.
0: <laughs> you know, I did it and I was thinking, man, he's just going to it's going to he's going to rake me over the coals with this.
1: Oh, I was laughing. I uh, I, was ch- I knew I knew
0: it. you would be. And that was the awkward thing is because I felt like we were having a conversation, but we were just temporally separated. Like I was having it in the present <laughs> and you were having it in the future
1: well you remember like when we first started doing ad reads how i would mess it up (laughs) it's funny because you you were telling me this while i was listening to your recording it's like i remember when this would
0: happen
1: man now i know how you felt
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was good to be in your shoes yeah 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 it really put me in the right frame of mind to finally nail it at the end
1: yeah, no, it sounded great, so I'm glad that, that I'm glad we got a good take there.
0: <laughs> Me too. I was gonna stay up all night if I had to do it.
1: Yeah, and I didn't want to. I'm glad that it didn't take that long because uh, I needed to get some sleep. <laughs> all right. Well, do we have any follow up this week?
0: We do. Uh, first, I want to start with a little tiny bit of follow up from Ben G. He listened to our episode with uh, Ben, and uh, he said he was gonna start doing the Get Flow stuff because. With Swift UI and all the betas, things are just getting complicated for him. So, Ben, mm. uh, good luck with that. I hope it works out for you. Um, yeah. Now we have some special feedback.
1: Special feedback. We
0: got a little special feedback, and this makes me so happy. It makes me happy for a couple of reasons. One, I'm, I like that someone cared enough to do this. And two, I like that even though I sent the wrong email in the tweet asking for it, <laughs> Uh, it still found its way to our inbox.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Like like you said, it's been kind of a crazy couple weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, let's listen in.
0: Hey, Zach and Steve, it's the Grammar Nancy here. I have a great number,
2: or is that an amount, of questions or requests. But what I'd like you to talk about on the show is preparing existing apps for dark mode what to be aware of, and how to go about doing it to make sure that your apps are ready for iOS 13.
0: Anyways, oh, I mean anyway, because anyways with an S is also not proper English. Anyway, I'd have less to say using
2: fewer words if I wasn't so picky. Just kidding. Love the show, no matter how you destroy the English language
1: all right so anyways um that was uh that was stewart lynch um <laughs> the the, yeah. the
0: amount of things he said was very interesting
1: he did uh, he's uh, well you know what's what i liked about it was it was nice and compact even though he got a a, a good dozen jabs in <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know i know it's like he it was scripted almost like
1: yeah i'm glad he didn't reduce it to a fewer number of (laughs) things that we could have uh said wrong or did wrong or done wrong really
0: really he's like the betterest at sending us audio feedback
1: yeah i think he can learn us real good
0: i agree (laughs) <laughs> oh, and he's he's turned off the podcast. He's, yeah. oh, he's not uh, we listening lost anymore. We lost him. Yeah. Is he
1: gone? Is he on? Yeah. Is he really gone?
0: We don't have to answer any questions, now.
1: Sweet. Good. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs>
0: well, Okay, so preparing an app for Dark Mode is actually a very interesting topic, and um, it is one that we should definitely cover in the future. Right now, I just want to say that kind of uh, the big stumbling block that I have seen personally with preparing an app for dark mode is um, the app I work on professionally actually had its own light and dark mode before Apple introduced their system dark mode right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, when Apple said that they were going to do that, we knew that we were a little uh, a little screwed because there's no way that their system is going to play nice with our system and yeah. um, basically we are having to overhaul the entire thing. And it's, it's not only because of, you know, our dark mode versus their dark mode, but it's also mm-hmm. because iOS 12 versus iOS 13, right? Like mm-hmm. we have to support iOS 12 at the same time support iOS 13. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of juggling that has to be done with that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, I, I guess I've got a little bit of opinion on this of like how to be sure you're ready or at least get started. Um, I think that the number one thing you should do if you're, if you have an app on the app store and you're getting ready for iOS 13, the number one thing you should do is download Xcode <laughs> beta and run your app on iOS 13. <laughs> do that. Start with that. Because, um... I I almost want to say now more than for for this release more than any other release, um, your apps may have some impact with you know some th- these these changes have impact on your app, mm-hmm. um, and it's not just dark mode. I mean, put it in dark mode, see if that changes the look and feel of your app, yeah, especially to the degree that degree that people can't read things. Uh, <laughs> that would be really bad.
0: Yeah, we did have some text disappear.
1: Yeah, so ch- just. Run it just to make sure. So that's step one. Step two is also make sure your app still works. <laughs> so this was a, a big uh, surprise to me when... Um, so I put my iPad on iPad OS 13 uh, almost right away because I really wanted the, the extra features there. And so <laughs> I've been running that from the very beginning of the beta. And I put one of my apps on that on my ipad and surprise surprise things didn't even work and <laughs> the app was running but what i found out was some of the lifecycle methods are not getting called like they used to on view controllers um and i i don't know if this is in flux still because it's been a little while since i've uh, messed with it i don't think so though i think this is by design uh Certain methods, like and I just really got to do some r- more research on this um, to make sure I'm giving everybody good information instead of uh, this is this vague hand waving. But check it out, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think that's all you're gonna get for a little while. Um, check it out because it sounds like uh, stuff like view did appear won't happen at certain cases where it used to happen in the past and i was relying on that for one of my apps for triggering certain events like when things were popping off the navigation controller and like the navigation stack the view before would call view did appear and now it doesn't and that's a problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you were counting on view did appear to get called every time your view uh, appeared like you you know it did in the past that doesn't really happen anymore
1: yeah, so uh, double check that I've got the exact lifecycle method right. I think it is view did appear, and I think it is also view will appear. Um, and feedback on this would be great. Um, you know, if anybody else hears this and of you know finds that I'm wrong or, or right or whatever like that, tweet at us and let us know um, because I'd like to verify this by next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, this that's a big deal. So the first step to preparing for iOS 13 is run your stuff
0: on ios 13 (laughs) yeah in fact i'm doing most of my development right now in the xcode beta nice yeah
1: -hmm. on ios 13 or on ios iOS 13 13. nice that's that's the way to go i think uh be ready you'll be ready for it although the problem with that is uh if you ever have to actually update your app on the current version (laughs) um You've got to make sure it actually still runs on iOS twelve yeah. or compiles at least.
0: Oh well, you know I'm running Xcode ten point three right next to Xcode beta five or whatever was just there released. You go. Nice. So nice. yeah, I'm I'm, I'm double x coding it.
1: Double x coding. That's yeah, that's that,
0: that's the, that time that, of year.
1: That's the best way to x code.
0: Well, then you some you see some people with like triple triple and quad x coding
1: Tri- it. Triple x code.
0: Yeah, that's I mean. Mm. That wasn't that that movie with Vin Diesel? I
1: was gonna say Vin Diesel is yeah. uh that's how he
0: codes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh
0: so Zach. Oh uh, so, Steve. Do you know where you are right now? I mean, what what are we talking about? Like in life? Are we talking about mentally, physically? I'm, what are we
1: I'm talking almost spiritually spiritually like, yeah. like like down to your core do you know where you are right now
0: I have a good feeling about where I am right now
1: is is it a feeling or is it more than that it's like yeah. i want you again i want you to get down to your core
0: it's i mean I, i'm in my core i'm in my core right now i'm I'm feeling it out checking it out seeing what's out there okay I, yeah i mean I've, I, I do i know i know exactly where I am Okay, and,
1: and so what would be your core location
0: it's you know right here with you talking to these fine folks on fireside swift
1: mm. I think that's what our topic should be today
0: core location
1: <laughs> core location
0: nice I agree let's talk about that <laughs> in fact we should, we should talk about it because uh, our pal squarefish on twitter suggested it as a topic
1: Do you think he really cared about where your core was
0: right now? I think he cares maybe more than anybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) All right, so Zach, what is core location besides
2: where you are spiritually? (laughs) Uh,
0: So core location is what, uh, it's an Apple framework, and it is what allows us to get the geographic location and orientation of a device in Swift.
1: Okay, Um, yeah. I know one of the cool things with this is it's like it's the geographic location. It even can give you altitude in some cases, which is pretty cool um and even stuff indoors right
0: yeah yeah in fact you know it uses all of the hardware available to it so it uses wi-fi it uses gps it uses the bluetooth the barometer and cellular hardware like everything it's just pulling data in right
1: it's kind of crazy Uh, how many different sensors are on (laughs) like in the phone these days
0: (laughs) it's a little slab of glass and metal but there's so much crammed in there yeah cool yeah <laughs> uh, okay. yeah so i mean it it you know uses whatever is uh you know the most accurate or available at the time to mm-hmm. get where you are in a geographic location yeah
1: yeah, and uh gosh i you know when you're in app store like apple stores and um you'll get like a notification like in a certain location yep. of the apple store mm-hmm. that's part of core location too isn't it
0: it is and i think what they're using at that point is an eye beacon mm. yeah, and that so that's sense. that's their uh apple's version of the bluetooth low energy wireless technology yeah. um yeah so it's been out there since ios 7 and it, it basically means that your phone can react to bluetooth transmitters that are placed around locations right so if you think about like you said your app store or your apple your apple store is a good I know, example i, said app
1: store too, yeah. I know and <laughs> now i'm thinking store, yeah. i'm
0: thinking of you as like neo in the matrix like going into your phone uh, um, yeah I can see that. So yeah, I was thinking of like a museum, right? So you, mm-hmm. as you approach each exhibit, you know, your phone pings with, you know, this is the Mona Lisa, and you get all of the information about the yeah. Mona Lisa on your phone because you're near that eye beacon.
1: Yeah, and this is—it's a really cool tech. Um, it is kind of inaccurate and kind of buggy because um, and the reason i, I bring that up is, is like it's always asked for in uh, the <laughs> stuff i work on yeah like what about beacons what about beacons and there's two things like that don't work in my line of work with beacons um number one is we we don't really make that many consumer apps um we're, we're kind of getting into that but in general i have not really made consumer apps that you would just download off the app store um so there's that and then if we did how many people would actually download that app and use add an event um and then on top of that the beacons kind of don't work all the time really yeah i mean they can be kind of you know and, and also it's like you could register a beacon either further away than you expect or you have to get much closer to it than you expect before it triggers so they they're, they're kind of weird um so they're cool it's a cool cool bit attack but uh man I, I just wish they were more reliable
0: do you think um if they're able to up the reliability of the beacons you would use it more or you'd be more excited to use it
1: i don't know because <coughs> i mean so you I, think, I, you I think
0: overall functionality is just limited even outside of the reliability issues
1: I mean if it was perfectly reliable oh yeah i mean that'd be great and keep it the same cost but here's the thing like to up reliability (laughs) you're gonna have to increase the cost and right now they're they're really cheap and that's cool and by really cheap they're not like you don't want to be constantly replacing these things (laughs) all the time uh so they're not like the cheapest thing in the world but they're not super expensive either so Mm. um yeah and, and there are other things that you can do to increase um you know reliability but it's just i don't know it's uh it's tough it's it's a cool idea but uh i think we need to move on to like the next tech after bluetooth and i'm not mm-hmm. sure what that is yet
0: yeah well it's coming i'm not sure what it is yet either but i know it's coming
1: yeah all right so moving past that okay um how like what what are the steps needed to use core location so i can start you know doing anything with uh you know apps and figuring out where somebody is at any given point in time
0: well the first thing you need to do is obviously ask for permission <laughs> mm. if you don't have permission from your user you probably shouldn't be tracking their location in fact you, you mean can't track their location if you don't have permission from the user you mean I shouldn't spy on my users? No, no. Uh, it's like you know the the crazy ex boyfriend or ex girlfriend who who stalks. Yeah, the person who broke up with them. I, how am I supposed to
1: uh, sell their private data to make lots of money?
0: Well, that so the way I see it, you just keep everything that they enter into your app anyway, right? <laughs> you just sell all of that. Sell that. Okay. Just sell that.
1: Uh, and then yeah, you're you're fine or let's i not, mean let's not let's not uh, tell people to just sell
2: private data. the, <laughs> the other alternative
0: do the other alternative that people are doing now is they they'll have a free uh a free subscription that runs for a week and then they'll charge people nine dollars or ten dollars yeah, a week
1: there you go that's, um, that's how you make money on the app store now oh
0: come on people be better
1: yeah be just better be
0: better <laughs> anyway that's beside the point that i don't know that gets me riled up to see like people <laughs> abusing the system and other people that way i, I just it makes me angry
1: yeah me too.
0: anyway so you should ask Anyways, for permission just ask please for permission. ask for
1: permission <laughs> ask for permission it's a good
0: idea uh to do that you need to update a couple of things in your plist files uh or your plist file um, the keys for the strings uh are the first one is privacy location always and in when in use usage description the well, se- that's that's easy to say <laughs> well it's the when in use usage description right yeah. like that
1: that's location always and when in right. use usage description right it needs to be a comma after use
0: I agree and you know the second one is just privacy location when in use usage description and so these are the strings you set that will actually pop up in the alert when the user opens your app for the first time
1: That makes sense.
0: And so obviously, you know, you're going to set location always and when in use if you're Mm. always going to be using their location. And you're going to set location when in use if you're only going to use their location when the app is running.
1: Okay. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, set the strings, whatever those strings are, that's what will be shown to the user. So you want it to be, you know, something that makes sense, not like, I want to stalk you. (laughs) <laughs> or i know well, where you are or just something honest. creepy like that yeah exactly be, be honest. honest say you know i'm using it because uh you know, if it's a navigation app right we yep. need your location to be able to you know see where you are and get you to your destination safely
1: yeah, absolutely right um or find my friends we need your location so we can tell your location to all of your other stalkers
0: exactly exactly Exactly. Best use of find my friends ever. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So after I've asked for permission, or at least put in the descriptions of how to ask for permission, uh, what do I do next?
0: So now you want to import the core location framework into your app delegate. Okay. And uh, when you do that, you can then create an instance of the CL location manager.
1: Does it have to? Does it have to be the app delegate? You can do it outside of that, right?
0: Uh, I think you can do it. uh, Yeah, I think you can do it anywhere. But Mm -hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense to put it in your app delegate because you need to make sure that it gets kicked off. If you're mm. going to be, you know, if you're going to be using it all the time. or That
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: But so, like,
1: where, wherever you're going to kick it off, that's where you import core location pretty and much. create a CL location manager.
0: Pretty much. And, I, I mean, I think the kind of de facto place for it is the app delegate. Um, that doesn't mean that's where you have to put it, though.
1: Yeah. Makes sense.
0: And the CL location manager, like, you need that when the app starts up because it's what is used to start and stop the delivery of the location-related events to your app. Mm-hmm. So, you that know, if sense. if you had it, like, buried in a view controller, uh, you know, that doesn't show up when your app launches, you're not going to have a CL location manager to, to actually start and stop those events.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But like what if i only wanted to ask you know deal with location while they're using the app so like let's say oh, i'm trying to think like if i'm a delivery service or something like that only after they deliver like they um ask for something to be delivered that's when i care about their location and i really respect my my customers uh location privacy that i don't ask for it ahead of time (laughs) only when that happens
0: yeah yeah i mean i i can see that but you just want to make sure that you do it right so yeah (laughs) the uh the methods that you call to actually generate that alert are either request when in use authorization or request always authorization
1: and it's interesting i wonder was there any guidance in the documents now about um request always authorization because i think apple's kind of discouraging that now right
0: i believe so so yeah that's you know the the only blurb they had in the docs about it was you know you just request permission to use location services whenever the app is running, gotcha. and request when in use authorization will request to use request to use the location services while the app is actually in the foreground. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. So now you've asked for permission. You mm. need to make sure you get permission. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, because they could say, no, I'm they, not giving you right. permission. They could say, I, yeah. n-
0: a pass. That's going to be a hard yeah. pass for me. Yeah, Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, and so you know, if you want to determine whether your app is authorized to use those location services, um, the CL location manager actually has a property called CL authorization status. And uh, this is a, an enum that is a okay. bunch of constants that indicate whether the app is authorized to use location services or not. It makes sense.
1: Cool. All right. So I I mean, it's
0: pretty good so far, right?
1: Yep. So I, I, uh, I asked for permission. I checked to see if I got permission and then I do what?
0: So now is when we get into the, uh, CL location manager delegate. Okay. So this is kind of what does a lot of the dirty work as you know, delegates typically do. Mm -hmm. Um, and the location manager will call the methods on this delegate to report the location related events in the app. Uh, So let's see the important things to remember about the CL location manager delegate is that, uh, you want to always implement the methods for handling any potential failures in addition to the methods for receiving location related data.
1: Okay. Because is it, is it common to get failures?
0: I mean, it's common enough, right? Like you, you don't want to leave someone in some corner case where they don't know where they are or where they're going. That's like if point. if you have a if you have a tourist app and like let's say you don't need uh, locations all the time like you're not a navigation service which no. kind of needs it. At every second of the user's trip, but like, you know, Mm. you make something for European travelers, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to make sure that when they say that they're going to the the Tower of Pizza or whatever, or they're in that region that, you know, your app is reacting to where they are properly. And if it doesn't, they need to know that.
1: That makes sense. Um, I, I So my one bit of experience doing this, uh, besides like tutorials back in the day, is it's actually the very first app I made money off of, which is kind of funny. Um, so I made an app for Dona County in New Mexico. It was for uh, detecting illegal dump sites. And so uh, the government... Like it was a government contract and it's kind of crazy that this is like the first app I made money <laughs> off of. Um, I put in a proposal and I won the contract and I wrote this app and it went on the app store and you could, if you were in Dona Yana County, you could download this app I mean, you could really download it anywhere, <laughs> but it wouldn't work anywhere else. I put a, a radius around it. Um, and if you saw an illegal dump site, uh, you can hit a button to take a picture of the dump site. But we were only allowing you to take a picture if we had a clear GPS signal. Um, and so we were constantly checking the quality of the signal and seeing how what our margin of error would be. Because <laughs> like as, as you get this location data in, it'll, there's a way to detect um, what your... Uh, the probability of being within, you know, with this being the inaccurate um location, it's like fifteen you know, it's accurate within fifteen meters or accurate within twenty-five meters or something like that. And it's like we we set a certain radius and said like outside of this, this is not accurate enough for us to find <laughs> the stump site again. <laughs> and so uh we'd only allowed you to even try to report something if we had a good GPS signal. And so you would uh take the picture, describe what kind of uh illegal dump it was you know tires or oil Mm -hmm. or something like that and then you could submit that and it would send it to our server and uh, that helps the county go clean up those dump sites which is kind of cool
0: yeah that is that's a really good use of core location
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so
0: uh now something else to keep in mind with your delegate is that you need to uh assign the delegate object or you need to assign your delegate object to the delegate property of CL location manager before you start any services
1: ah that makes sense
0: yeah because you don't want to try to start services but not have the delegate set up properly so it's not actually responding to the services right
1: yep yep that makes sense
0: Um, and real quick a few of those functions for that delegate uh, that you know are pretty important would be uh, did update locations Mm -hmm. So, you know, your delegate knows that new location data is available. You may want to do something with that new location data. Um, And the other big one is did fail with error, which is kind of what we just covered. You know, you want to make sure that you you implement did fail with error. That way, if you want to send up an alert to your user saying, by the way, we don't know where you are right now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to what we have to say or yeah. f- figure it out on your own. That's probably the best thing to say, right?
1: Yeah, that's probably it. Well, yeah, you that's find it. Find your find your way home.
0: I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh
1: I I remember that being the key method was location manager did update locations and it provided an array of locations, um, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can look through that, and uh, I think it's what the. Oh, gosh, it's been a while since I looked at this. the The most recent data is on the top, uh, or is it just? Oh, I don't remember.
0: I couldn't tell you.
1: Okay. Yeah, Anyways, it's I in didn't... the documentation. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I remember it not being complicated. I'm just going to go out and say that uh, you get a, C- a CL location object back, or actually multiple of those right. back potentially and that you can get uh latitude longitude you can get the radius you know like i said from where uh the accuracy essentially of where it uh it came from Mm -hmm. um you could also specify when you are creating the location manager what you want the accuracy to be like you want it to Gear towards more accurate, you know, locations, uh, or or fail more often um, if it doesn't if it can't get that accurate Mm -hmm. Um, because and I I, the reason I bring that up is if you just need general whereabouts you can use the lowest accuracy possible and it'll use like Wi-Fi or the cell towers or something like that that is nearby and it can kind of guesstimate where the app is at you know the object the devices at any given point in time
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but it's not as accurate as like gps where it can get within like a five meter radius of where you actually are
0: right right. those are good things to keep in mind mm-hmm. especially yeah. because uh you know there are three major ways to fetch your user's location like there's three okay. there's three services essentially okay Okay. Um, the first would be uh, the visits location service. And so this is kind of your power efficient way you get location data. Um, mm. It's not kind of an all the time thing. You get, it, you get a uh, location update when a user spends time in one place and then moves on. Okay. And so with each update, you get the location and the amount of time spent at that location, which could be a pretty interesting piece of data for you to work with.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I've never used that one.
0: Yeah, huh. so I mean, you know, you don't want to the docs. <laughs> the docs really don't want you to use this for uh, navigation or real time activities, right? Because it's not it's not an yeah. all the time kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um. Now this service requires uh, always authorization. Okay. Because you know, well, you know. You're not expecting the user to have your phone out all the time when they're visiting a location or yeah. on and, and using your app, right?
1: Yeah, that makes um, sense.
0: And so to start this service, you will call Start Monitoring Visits, and then to stop the service, you call Stop Monitoring Visits. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the second uh, service is the Significant Change Location service. So okay. this is... Power-friendly is how the docs describe it. It's not it's not as easy on the battery as the visit service is, um, okay. but it's not terrible either, right? Okay. So you need to track the user's location, but you don't need the updates all the time or the crazy precision that you have with GPS. Okay. So this is your, your lower power alternative that you were just kind of talking about with the, the cell mm-hmm. towers and whatnot. Yeah, and you only get the user's location when there's a significant change to that location.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool.
0: This service also needs always authorization.
1: Yep, that makes sense.
0: And then you start this service with start monitoring significant location changes, and you stop it with big surprise stop monitoring significant location changes.
1: Now that's confusing. I know.
0: Just it's yeah, it's. Just Apple's always out to get you, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like that the the naming convention is pretty obvious there,
0: <laughs> right? And naming yeah. is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I've I've heard it said that you know the the three hardest or no the two hardest things to do in software development is uh it's naming, cache invalidation, and off by one errors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can uh, see that.
0: Yep anyway so the uh the third service is the standard location service so you know this is kind of analogous to your navigation type app so this one is uh it's highly configurable it's a general purpose solution for getting the user's location in real time
2: Mm.
0: Uh, but you're using power like i mean you probably know that right if you have Mm. a navigation app on your phone and you used it for a road trip you know that you can kind of drain your battery pretty quickly
1: yeah Yeah. uh
0: in a a five-hour drive let's say it'll yep you'll need to make sure you have a charger in the car yep but the flip side is you get the most accurate and immediate location information
1: yeah yeah i think this is what i used back in the day Mm -hmm. um but um I wasn't expecting people to leave it out for five hours <laughs> while they're taking a single picture of a dump site. Unless they really, really loved that dump you site. You've got
0: to get all the angles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a model, you know, just like getting all the great shots.
0: Oh, yeah. That rusty can's looking great.
1: Yeah. Work it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you you really only want to use this service when you absolutely need to. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Start you start getting the information by calling start updating location. You stop getting stop updating location. Now the standard location service also has just a a slew of other functions that can also be called that relate to it. Um a couple of them would be like request location. So you can you know actually go outside of the, you know, whatever the loop is. That gives you the user's location. You can actually specify, like, I want the location right now.
1: Gotcha. Just give me one time what's the location right now. That's all I care about. Okay. Um,
0: You can also pause the location update uh, automatically, and you can allow background location updates, uh, which is good because this is the only service that requires either in use or always authorization. Gotcha. So, yeah, this is one that can actually be used in the background, which, again, is good because if I turn my navigation, uh, if I, you know, turn the screen off or do something with the app, I move to another app, but, you know, an hour later, I need to know where I'm going. I want to make sure that it has my location Mm -hmm. at that moment, and it doesn't need to update.
1: Yep, I agree. Yeah, um, it also has a a distance filter to it, so you can actually set a minimum distance that the device needs to move before uh, it'll report the location changed. Uh, This is uh, where I mentioned accuracy. There's a desired accuracy that you can put into this. Is like, this is where I was like, I really want it to be accurate or, you know what, I'm okay with less accurate, but, you know, I just want a constant stream of of data of where the the user is at any given point in time. Mm -hmm. Um gosh what else is there so
0: one of my favorite properties of the service is the cl activity type and so Mm. it's it's an enum uh with five different cases and this gives you like the type of activity that is happening as you move okay um so the the five cases are other so the location manager is being used for an unknown activity Mm -hmm. automotive navigation okay fitness other navigation hmm. or airborne
1: when i'm driving it's always airborne
0: it's always always airborne right like you have the little wings <laughs> that kind of yep. flip out of the side yep yeah
1: absolutely
0: so you you, you built your car specifically to screw up this type of programming right
1: oh yeah none of my navigation systems work
0: (laughs) they're all broken
1: they're all broken
0: it looks like you drove through the 7-eleven getting home today didn't it
1: yeah yeah my my iphone's not happy with me when i'm driving
0: (laughs) see these are the quarter cases you have to plan for it's the steves (laughs) of the world that break your app
1: (laughs) yeah this is why you have to account for all the errors that could happen
0: <laughs> what no, that's you interesting mean, I actually, automotive navigation. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize you could actually check for this. This is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure if this is something you can set or if it is able to mm. derive it somehow. Uh, okay. Um but yeah, that, that's that's gotcha. interesting.
1: Yeah, that is interesting.
0: Um so let's swing back to the visits location service because it's it's backed by an interesting object called a CL Visit.
1: Okay. So this what's is in a CL, yeah, what's in a CL visit? What this is the
0: object. By? So remember earlier I said you, know, you get the the coordinates and the mm-hmm. amount of time that yeah. is spent there, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is the object that kind of encapsulates all of that. Okay. Um so it is created by the system and delivered by the CL location object or CL location mm-hmm. manager object to its delegate after you start the delivery of the events. Okay. So yeah you get the the location where the visit occurred uh, and the arrival inf- or, and the information about the arrival and departure times as relevant. Now okay. uh, something to keep in mind is that you don't create these visit objects directly. it's something the system does and hands to you and you gotcha. shouldn't subclass CL visit either
1: okay makes sense
0: um now you get the coordinate, the horizontal accuracy, the arrival date as a date and the departure date as a date. Um,
1: do you always get both an arrival date and a departure now, date? Now see,
0: this is where this is what I found to be very interesting. Right. Cause I was reading through the documents and, uh, you know, it says that you don't always get the arrival date and the departure date. And I thought, hmm. but I'm looking at the documents and those aren't optional. Like I would, if I didn't get them, I would expect them to be nil. But apparently, uh, Apple's implementation is at to go ahead and say, "We don't have the arrival date. We're just going to give you whatever is uh, returned by um, NSDate's distant past method."
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay, and
0: if you don't have the departure date, they give you what is whatever is returned by NSDate's distant future method.
1: So you arrived millions of years ago. Millions of years ago. And you left millions of years in the future.
0: Eons. I like it. So that's that's just something to keep in mind because you could technically try to do some sort of uh, logic around yeah. <laughs> arrival times and departure times and find yeah. that you are way off.
1: That is interesting.
0: Yeah. Huh. And so there's... Okay. There's one other type of location monitoring that wasn't mentioned as broadly in the documents, or it wasn't just kind of put out there, and this was uh region monitoring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: So where you know the other services we talked about track your phone like wherever it moves through uh-huh. space.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh region monitoring actually is when you provide a region to be monitored and then it gets you know the device gets tracked inside that region but nowhere else interesting
1: yes it's um, like ge- geofencing
0: yeah essentially, yeah um so this is also <clears throat> also low battery impact um, and the other difference is you know it has its start and stop methods as well uh, but with this you call start monitoring for and then you have to provide the CL region Gotcha. And it has to be called for every region you want to monitor. Okay. Um, the same huh. goes for stop monitoring. You have to actually specifically say stop monitoring this region and do it for every region you were, you know, you want to stop monitoring for.
1: Yeah, well, that makes sense, huh? That's cool. Yeah, I've, I was kind of curious about that. Um, every so often, I get asked for like uh, geofencing information and like, you know, how hard is it to do geofencing? <laughs> I know it's doesn't seem that hard, <laughs> but I, I really haven't tried it. So, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. So, if anybody has done geofencing in the the past um, and, in particular, has used uh, the CL region monitoring for geofencing or if there's another way of doing geofencing that you prefer, I'd love to hear about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll add its feedback next week.
0: Well, how? and I guess, you know, a lot of it probably has to do with how large the area is that you want to monitor, right?
1: Absolutely. Because
0: if you're going for, you know, one room in a house, it's probably not going to be that great. No. If you're going for, like, an entire convention center, it'll be better. If you're going for, like, an entire city, it'll probably be kind of the best
1: yeah I'm thinking of like snapchat's uh photo overlays like yeah. you can buy you can buy a filter that'll go into Snapchat and it's for a particular region so it's like if you're having a a festival or something like that if you happen to be at that festival mm-hmm. you can take you know photos on or videos on Snapchat that have that filter on it so yeah so yeah. I'm just kind of curious about that
0: yep well, that's that's all I have for my, my core location.
1: Hmm, yes, it's nice to know really what where your core is located now. Yeah, that's I'm, good.
0: I am monitoring this region, and uh, I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon.
1: That's probably good.
0: <laughs> I'm not planning now, on it, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't have any more to to say about this. I literally have made one app that uses anything with core location. Um so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good to to learn a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Zach.
0: Oh, my pleasure.
1: And thank you Squarefish, right?
0: Yes, was... thank you to Squarefish for suggesting uh suggesting the topic. Yeah. Oh, also nice something new. As an aside, <clears throat> <laughs> uh Squarefish messaged us on Twitter. And I just wanted to say congrats to him for uh, getting his first app out there.
1: Oh yeah, congratulations! Yeah, that's, that's always a major achievement. Well, I think we we also have uh, a shout out.
0: We do. It's been a while. It has we been have, a little while. We although we're late,
1: out. we're we're kind of late on this one because um, this one we got July twelfth. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a few weeks ago. Do you want to read this one, Zach?
0: Sure, I would love to. So this is a uh, Complete Meal for Swift Developers, five stars by Jeff Amine. Jeff Amin. Jeffam um, Jeff. It's by Je- it's from Jeff.
1: Uh Jeff A mine. So this is <laughs> not a mime, a mine. So mine. like a a Up. shaft in the ground, like a mine shaft. Oh, okay. Gold. Gold can go. be found in it.
0: There's there's apps in them Thar Hills or something. Mm-hmm. Uh yes. anyway. Jeff goes on to say, This podcast has been so fun to listen to and provides such great content. I liken the content to a complete meal filled with appetizers, entrees, and desserts, all wrapped up into a digestible morsel of complex information. Did you it's know we were a me, yeah. morsel of complex information? That's the first time I've ever been called that. Thank you.
1: E- yes, I've never been called that before. Digestible Digestible. Morsel. I mean, mm, yeah. You I guess that's better than in. Indig- no, I don't want to be digestible. Do I? You.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be eaten, I think you do. You want to. You want to be considerate.
1: I don't know. I kind of want to just pass right through and not get digested.
0: No. Oh, well, I'm. I'm going to be digested and then become a part of whoever is eating me and then slowly take over their consciousness.
1: I was hungry, and now I'm not anymore. (laughs) You can keep going.
0: All right. He goes on to say, some of the frameworks I have yet to touch, and this gets me more excited to actually sit down and code in some of these. I'm also excited to know that Steve is in L.A. and hosts meetups. Looking forward to going and meeting Steve. Keep up the good work, guys.
1: Well, uh, I got some bad news for you, buddy. Oh, no. What happened? We're we're moving offices, so I'm going to have to, at, at the very least temporarily, potentially for a long time, not have meetups. Oh. So um, I'm going to try to go to other meetups. But unfortunately, my hosting days are limited, uh, limited to literally by the time this episode comes out, it will have been yesterday. Oh, so no. that'll be the last meetup. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to a much smaller office and I have no idea if I'll be able to do meetups again. So, uh, so sad.
0: Well, hopefully you can work something out. Maybe you can do a, a one-on-one meetup. With, with yeah, we'll do a one-on-one meetup. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> just, just, just hit me up, Jeff-a-main, I mean, or yeah. mine, Jeff, Jeff, Jeffa, Jeffa. Well,
0: yeah, Maybe just, just
1: hit me, yeah. hit me up, and uh, we'll figure it out.
0: Yep. All right, so I wanted to give a personal shout-out to the Model View Conversation podcast with Ben Golke and Brian Gates. Uh, I came across this podcast a little while ago, and I have absolutely loved it. So they're not Swift-specific, Swift, pers- uh, Swift specific, although Ben is an instructor um, okay. at the Iron Yard covering Swift, and uh, so he has a lot of Swift knowledge and does talk about it. This is kind of a, uh, a broader um, conversation about, you know, the development life and then i found it to be really really interesting and i know that if you're listening to this podcast that you'll probably get a lot out of listening to model view conversation as well so go check it out if that sounds like something you'd be interested in
1: yeah it sounds pretty great it's always nice to hear about new podcasts out there mm-hmm.
0: yeah they're uh, they're 20 podcasts in and i actually spoke with ben the other day on twitter and he said they uh they had a bit of a hiatus and they're coming back they just recorded their 21st
1: There you go. Keep it up, guys. Yep. That's awesome.
0: Uh, Podcasting is actually very hard. It is.
1: (laughs) My goodness. It's harder than
0: I expected when I first tried to rope Steve into doing this.
1: It's harder and easier. Uh, It's definitely a lot of work. And I remember before we started thinking it would be too much work. And that's where I was wrong. It's a lot of work and sometimes more work than what I was expecting (laughs) But on the other hand, it's easy to do because you know, it was just easy to talk to you, Zach. So, well,
0: yeah, thank you. It's it's you know I find it easy to talk to you as well. If if it weren't, we probably wouldn't have made it ninety two episodes. Also, hey, wait, when did we release our first one? Are we are we coming up on two years?
1: I think we're coming on two years very soon. Yeah, um, it was since September, right? Or was it? August? It was
0: August. August. I think it okay. was. Okay,
1: well, we'll have to, we'll have to look that up and maybe celebrate.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, also if anybody else wants to uh, send us audio feedback feel free that was kind of fun to do Um, and it's actually really nice hearing from y'all
1: absolutely All right. well I think that's uh, that's it for both of us Uh, thank you all for coming out and we'll see you next week
0: y'all have a good one
2: it's such a good feeling to be at the end a happy feeling that there may have been A mistake or two So we'd like to hear from you Twitter's great, Breaker might beat it Email's fine, but we rarely read it But we love five-star reviews And we promise to mention you So get a pen and write this down (laughs) Just kidding, who's got pens around? Still, they'd love to hear from you Steve Merrard and Zach Felhu. Tweet it, Zach, and have some fun. At TFALG OUT1. At you one He'll write back when his work is done. Tweet it, Steve, and you will see. Clever use of the emoji. At SWB E R A R D. Fireside Swift has its own handle. So you can burn three sides of the candle. At Farside underscore swift, at Farside underscore swift, and if your message is a little too long, there's FarsideSwift at gmail.com and FiresideSwift.com Farsideswift.com
1: Yeah, goldfish are great.
0: They they are. Um, my children seem to enjoy them quite a bit.
1: I mean, I would get the three gallon thing from Costco and just put it in my office, and just <laughs> I'd have goldfish for months.
0: <laughs> months. Mm-hmm. I I applaud your restraint, sir.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think a three gallon container lasts last months around uh, my family. Now, see, I don't know if it were just me, maybe months, but uh, when yeah. I've got, you know, the two two girls that can eat solid food, mm-hmm. eating solid food, they love their goldfish.
1: Well, here's the thing, like, when it's just you, because, like, when it was in my office, it was just me, um, I'd get about halfway through, and then I'd get tired of them for, for a while. <laughs> so I would stop eating them. And then, like... A month or so later, it's like, oh, yeah, I've got goldfish. And I would eat them again. Eat them for like a week. Maybe get like, you know, another quarter of the way down or something like that. They'd get kind of tired of them. That's basically how my goldfish <laughs> you know, consumption would go uh, until I'd finish the batch.
0: Yeah, um, my girls will eat it until they hit the bottom of the container.
1: You know it's really great? Um, putting goldfish in SpaghettiOs. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. It's one of the best things, best things ever. Because like it adds crunch to the Spaghettios. It's the right flavor. It's they complement each other. Oh, it's amazing.
0: I'm just wondering at what point where where were you at in life when you saw a bowl of Spaghettios and you thought, you know what this needs? I I think I need to just throw a little uh, some Goldfish in there.
1: It. I mean, I was at a very young point in my life. And so, 30, 30 from two. then, from then <laughs> well, on, I did first it. of
0: all, don't don't act like you didn't no, this, like this that just in like college. A, I was,
1: no, I no. Here is what I am saying. Like, <laughs> I learned it at five, <laughs> and I've been doing it ever since because it's amazing.
0: Oh, and then you, your palate just refined, and that's you were eating the uh, Parmesan flavors mm-hmm. in college. Is that what it was?
1: Actually, no. It, my my palate got far worse in college. I was <laughs> eating ramen. <laughs> straight straight the uh, the toppest of ramens um (laughs) and then i I did it did refine just a little bit outside of college where i found out that if you put an egg in ramen at the right time it's delicious you put it in a little too early it just sort of i don't know it just like adds milkiness (laughs) yeah but yeah so if you put it at the right time it's delicious but so i got a little bit fancy with my ramen for just a tiny little bit um but yeah the the adding goldfish to spaghettios has been a staple of mine since i was a child
0: how many bowls of of goldfish laden spaghettios do you think you've eaten in your life
1: hundreds hundreds Hundreds. yeah
0: that's impressive
1: that's spaghettios i mean goldfish are delicious
0: i'm trying to think i uh i don't i don't Really add anything to my Spaghettios? I guess I'm I'm just a kind of a straight what? Spaghettio kind of eater. May I need to try this time? Goldfish yeah. concoction?
1: You should a you really should. And let me ask you this: What was the last time you had
0: Spaghettios? It's been a while. It's been. I mean, again, years? it was probably college. Months. It was probably college.
1: I'm. It has been years, I think, since I've had Spaghettios. Now I, I think maybe last year, the year before. <laughs> I was at the store, and I remember seeing SpaghettiOs and go, oh, yeah, I, I think I want some of those. <laughs> and I got, like, you know, three or four cans or something I'm going like to make
0: an adult decision right now. Yeah. SpaghettiOs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, now I really want to go to the store and buy some SpaghettiOs.
0: <laughs> well, you've got the it goldfish already. Is, yeah. That's the genius part about it. You're already well, halfway the, there. Here's so the thing you, with SpaghettiOs, your dream too, meal.
1: SpaghettiOs taste good even cold. So I will eat spaghettios straight Just out of the can without heating it up, and you throw some some goldfish in it. It's oh, it's such a great meal.
0: <laughs> ah, you know, I eat a lot of food cold. Mm. Uh, I have, I yeah, I don't know if I would do spaghettios cold.
1: It's worth it. Try it. But there's yeah, there's a so, different, it's a di- yeah, it's a different already, flavor,
0: like mush like there's no there's no like give to that noodle at all that oh if
1: (laughs) if you if you do it cold they have a little more give i think that's why i like it it's like it's just a little bit more pasta-y um like not al dente but it's like getting there like you know (laughs) if you close
0: your eyes you can almost imagine you're eating real pasta
1: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and that's why you add the goldfish because now that's your al dente.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this whole this whole time it's just been you trying to fool yourself into oh, yeah. believing you're eating a, a real Italian meal.
1: Well, isn't this why we put lettuce in our hamburgers? Like, not. I,
0: I, not to I think fo- you not mean to that's that's a salad. Like, I eat nothing but salads all the well, time. But like,
1: here's the thing: like we we want to add like crunch in our like meals right it's like yeah. a the sensation that's good and so like that's why we want like a little al dente in our pasta we don't we want it to have some give and whatnot and we add lettuce to our burgers and sandwiches because you know otherwise it doesn't have that crunch you know so we have mm-hmm. the crunch you know what i did as a kid too what's that doritos Doritos to my sandwiches.
0: Oh, I mean that see, that's normal though. I think that's a that sounds mm. delicious. I you know uh, do y'all have shlotsky's out there? It's like a little sandwich mm. shop. No. Uh I used Is that to like put
1: Subway or
0: Uh kind of, except it's a little bit a little bit higher than subway like it's it's these circular sandwiches they're like this really good sourdough bread and they have the cheese melted on there they're amazing uh that's pretty good they actually started in austin but when i was growing up i would put uh cheetos on those and it was Mm. fantastic
1: i was never a cheetos person
0: uh i i tended to not eat them unless it was on that sandwich Mm. that was pretty much the only time i ate them um i would go after some doritos though i was a tortilla chip yeah. guy
1: oh yeah yeah Tori- uh, tortilla chips um and doritos which i guess are, tor- are no they're corn chips aren't they, are
0: they uh corn or
1: tortilla but
0: i i you know what i just eat them i don't read the packaging yeah. who, who does but, that yeah. <laughs> i
1: mean are they, are they really any are they really anything anymore i think yeah, the preservatives with seasoning on it <laughs> well i mean there's a
0: you know the, you know pringles can't call themselves chips legally right
1: we had this discussion. Okay. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. They have to call themselves potato crisps because they're yeah. less than 50% actual potato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, so, I am a little curious of what is. No, I'm not. I'm not curious at all. <laughs> I'm blissfully unaware of what Doritos are made out of, and I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Cool Ranch Doritos were my jam growing up. That's and the best. If you if you actually look at a cool ranch Dorito, you know they'll have the spices on them. Some of them are actually blue. Like a blue that doesn't happen naturally in <laughs> in the world, anywhere. And I have no idea what that that one like dot of spice is or if it's just like some <laughs> weird food colored piece of nothing <laughs> to kind of just add it visual texture. Um, Zach.
1: Zach, you were eating the bag.
0: Oh, The bag? I mean, (laughs) it it tastes delicious. If it tastes that good, it's worth eating. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there's like a little tiny, it's a blue something.
1: It's probably, honestly, it's probably a piece of the bag.
0: No joke. It's
1: probably, because, I mean, like think of the the Cooler Ranch bag. Uh, It was always that blue color, right? And probably when when you open the bag, some of that... Stuff foil stuff gets in the bag.
0: Blue flavor. I'm I'm, I'm googling Cool Ranch <laughs> Dorito blue flavoring.
1: Don't do it. I don't yeah. do it. It's like it's like looking up what's in spam. You By the way,
0: know. <laughs> they are tortilla chips. Okay. Yeah. So that that is that question answered.
1: That's probably why I like them more than Fritos, and the <laughs> massive amount of seasoning on them.
0: I mean, Fritos Fritos are basically just straight salt. Yeah, like it's just it's just salt (laughs) salt with some (laughs) corn flavoring that's pretty much what it is yeah i mean they and they don't even try to like you know deny it you just look at the back and it's corn chips and salt but you know what
1: we we got some like a variety pack of snacks at work oh i don't know months and months and months ago and i remember we had like a bag of fritos in there i was like you know what i kind of want some of that and it was like it was so good. And I think it's because I've been eating healthy for so long now that it was just, like, this massive... Well, not massive, but, like, this tiny bag of just, like, massively terribleness <laughs> was... It was... I mean, it was addicting. It was so good. I mean, this is, that stuff is a drug, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. It, it surely is. It has to be. Now, when y'all... Do y'all have Frito pies out there?
1: I mean, doesn't everybody have just, Frito pies? Because I'm just that's making just,
0: sure. That's, because like just...
1: Do they can serve of chili them? and Fritos? Do
0: they serve them in the actual Frito bag?
1: You can. Oh. In fact, um, the Bethesda party that I worked two years ago um, at E3, they brought out. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a great party because okay, so they did their announcements for what they were doing for E3. And then they had an open bar, which, you know, that's cool. Um, but they brought out, like, buffets of, like, <laughs> I guess what they thought gamer food was. <laughs> and it was nothing but Frito pies. <laughs> and, oh, man, it was oh it was just, like, the grossest stuff. Like, Pop-Tarts, I think, were out there. Wait, how and... did they do
0: Frito pies? Because you can't have a Frito pie just sit there for more than, like, 30 seconds. Or else it just <laughs> were, turns to, like, I a, mean, it was... a mushy amalgam. <laughs>
1: I mean, yes. And it was like under a heat lamp. Oh. And um, they brought out uh, corn dogs. And I mean, it's just like. (laughs) Corn dogs? I mean, this is like really, it was kind of a nice party. Like I said, open bar. And yet, like, it had all this, like, crazy junk food. (laughs) That being said, um, that was the same year I worked at the uh, Fortnite party and they did something similar but i think a slightly higher class and i do mean slightly they they were giving away in and out burger the entire night <laughs> oh wow So, now, so that would, was actually pretty nice. i
0: would take an in and out burger over a frito pie that'd been under a heat lamp. oh yeah
1: yeah but like by the time like those of us that were working uh finally got to get any of it it had been sitting for a while mm. i was still really hungry and i ate it
0: but, yeah. yeah i mean it's it's still food at the end of the day
1: yeah. Kind of. Is it?
0: Mostly. I mean it's <laughs> edible.
1: I mean it's it's better than Whataburger.
0: There are well, <laughs> You know what? You know what? Whataburger Whataburger was bought by some uh firm up in Chicago, so there's no telling what it's gonna be like next time I walk in there.
1: So it might improve?
0: bunch of yankees messing with my whataburger (laughs) come
1: on now yeah yeah wasn't there like a whole campaign to buy whataburger back
0: uh there was you don't you don't mess with the texans whataburger come on who
1: there was some famous person that was starting to get behind that it's like somebody in texas uh,
0: (laughs) Oh, that one.
1: That one famous person. The one famous
0: guy was it? JJ Watt. It might have been JJ Watt. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's the. I mean, there's the. You know, uh, James Harden, but he doesn't. I don't think he cares about the people. Um,
0: Matthew McConaughey. He's 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 from Texas. He's he's in Boston.
1: I thought he was like a Boston guy.
0: Um, He's a big Texan.
1: Uh, Let's see.
0: Who else? Beyonce's from Houston. Does that count?
1: she's not he's not a Houston now <laughs> she's like a Hollywood person I'm, now I'm
0: just throwing things out there
1: yeah no I'm thinking people like actually like live in Texas Texas and care about Texas Adrian Peterson probably you know <laughs> yeah
0: there you go yeah he's he's not doing much of anything right now he could probably you know throw his name behind Whataburger I'm sure they'd it's appreciate true. that
1: I read an article, he was broke now.
0: He is, that's what I was, that's kind of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh-huh. he needs something to do and maybe generate some uh-huh. cash. Mark Cuban. Yeah.
1: Mark Cuban, maybe he was one of the ones I was talking about. bringing. It sounds
0: you know, like a very that. Mark Cuban that, thing to yeah, do. I'll bet you it
1: was Cuban. I'll bet you it was Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like something he would do. Although he would actually probably do it, though? Maybe. Mm.
0: May, or he would just open up his own
1: maybe yeah
0: i have i have more money than i know what to do with it's the he's the anti adrian peterson yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) uh ding
0: that's for that's for mr mcswift face